From the beginning, we started Everyday Driver to help people find cars they will love. Commuting is a chore, but driving should be fun. If you like to drive, then there are cars where your budget, needs, and fun all intersect, and we want to help you find them. I'm Paul. I'm Todd, and this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to the show. We're really excited you're back and with us. For uh, back to the yeah. car debate, we just spent the last five podcasts talking about enthusiast cars five and manufacturer. Weeks. Five weeks in a row, yep. and we did it all alphabetically, yep. and we we did it with a kind of a self-imposed price cap, and um, we had a few people write in and and uh, make great suggestions, but unfortunately, some of those cars were outside. They were either you know too expensive mm-hmm. or just kind of a random model, so that might have been why we didn't include them. But we had a lot of fun naming. So well, many cars, and, and we had great. some. We did it. Was, it was amazing. I practically need to go back and remake the list because it was yeah, kind of overwhelming, yeah. even for us. I think. And and you guys wrote in with certain questions about, hey, you didn't mention this model, and hey, what about this guy? And and caught us on some things that we just didn't step right through. And it was great to have you guys in on the conversation. So thank you for that. Yeah, if you haven't heard all those five weeks. That's a lot of backlog, but as a result, we have a huge backlog of car debates, too. <laughs> yeah, we do. We've got a lot of car debates, and so we are officially back to three of them for today's podcast. We first got Jack Marius Tech Theratrix from the East Coast. Wait a minute. No, I've been listening to <laughs> what? way too much Key and Peel. What? <laughs> I you thought it was been. funny. Though. Was like, Jack <laughs> from the East Coast. Jack Marius. Anyway, there you go. So right. he's written in. He's 16. He's looking for a new car. We've also got Ian, uh, yep. who I don't know where Ian is from. Ian is from somewhere. Yeah, he didn't say. And he, uh, say. he is getting a college degree in mechanical engineering. Congrats, Ian. And looking for a yep. car after this uh, old A4 that he has. Currently has a Fusion, but looking for something faster than a Ford Fusion. And then finally, Brad yep. in Atlanta. He, he is the second person who's got this unbelievable job where they're driving so many miles per year. I mean, I think the the tops that we've uh, ever had was a guy who drives 45,000 miles a year and Brad drives about and, and 40. And Brad's year. up there. Wow. Yep. So yep, he is definitely. looking for something that is reliable. His company is paying for everything for his car, for maintenance, for the costs, mm-hmm. for everything. And so got some fun suggestions about this. Uh, I think that's cool. going to be yeah, totally to different. Thoughts. Yeah. First, though, we, we actually wanted to touch on something that came out in the news this week that is interesting not only because we're curious about it and we think you guys will be, but also because one of the big points we made last week on the car debate when we were talking about enthusiast cars by manufacturers, we spent a long time, you could almost debate too long, talking about the triplets, <laughs> the Scion FRS, the BRZ, and the Toyota GT86. And, and Paul's running point with this is how the current version is 1.0, and I was debating there might not be a 2.0, this week was announced for the Japanese market only. They're calling it the GT86CB, as in Charlie Bravo. It's like the cool beauty or something. I don't know. <laughs> the, I'm not going to go it's, with the name. But it's going to be funky. What's interesting is here is the new front fascia, the new front clip. And I, I've said many times, I don't really like the front clip of either one of these cars as much as I'd like. I don't like the, the FRS as much as I'd like. I don't like the BRZ as much as I'd like. I kind of want something else. Here is a third option, a very interesting design at this point discussed as Japanese market only Wow, this is a switch. Yeah, I'm looking at this car right now. I found a bunch of photos of it. And uh-huh. yeah, this is their home market, JDM car. And I am not liking this thing very much. 
Really? Yeah. Really? I, well, here's the deal. I liked all the show cars <laughs> that they teased uh-huh. us with for a few years that had, they had some five or six different front ends. angular headlights. And yeah, they had to revise yeah. them for production. But this, to me, feels like they kind of took a cross between the second-generation MX-5 Miata, crossed it mm-hmm. with uh, that 95, 96 Ford Taurus with those oval headlights. You just sketch with your whole arm, and so everything was oval on that car. And they shoved <laughs> this with amorphous shape on this car that doesn't match what the concept was. The concept was very sharp and you. angular and sleek. And this feels like going back to that Ford ZX2 from like mid nineties. Wow, like, you you really done. aren't a fan. It's been done already. I'm not. You seeing really aren't new. a fan. I'm just. That's interesting not because it. I actually, I kind of like it. You do? I, I, I now look. You're look. You're the design guru. You know far more about design than not only me but most people. But but here's the thing about this. I, I've looked at as you have. I've looked at a litany of photos. There are so many interesting things about this. First off, there is a red photo of this going around, red three-quarter. And in that photo, I think this looks spectacular. That three-quarter angle, I think it looks kind of like the. it's got a little bit of of, – and follow me here. From that angle, it's got a little bit of old E-type. It's got a little bit of current 991-911. It's got a, a much classier look from that angle. And that's the first picture I saw, and I thought, that's the front end I've always wanted. Then – I happen to see a photo straight on. Okay. And that's a little far too Hello Kitty for what I was hoping for. So the straight on view, I agree, the straight on view has got some Taurus and some MX-5, and that's not good news. But the three-quarter, I want to see this in person because the three-quarter, I love. I'm like, there's the front end I hoped for, and it makes me excited. But the weirdest thing about this, or maybe the most frustrating thing about it, is the fact that they're talking about doing this in combination with a slightly nicer interior. I don't know if you saw the interior photos on this, Paul, but it's like a 1990s uh, dual cover, cover, pardon me, dual color leather idea. It kind of looks atrocious, if I'm honest. But they're talking oh, about a quote unquote go. nicer interior to attract women. I, 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 this just feels like the strangest design brief. But of course, again, the huge elephant in the room, no change in power. Well, I, 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 I'm baffled. Yeah, that's why I think if they're going to do anything to this car, it should have been leave the cosmetics alone. And you're right. I do know a lot about design, but personal preference is, is personal preference. I mean, everybody's sure. taste is different, and that's totally yeah. fine. I just don't see the front clip, this new look, working with what they've established already. It's it, mm. it just, you know, having the show cars in my mind, it's... It's softened everything up, and you're right. It it could be to just attract a different kind of audience, but that wasn't yeah, the point yeah. of this car. The point of this car, when they introduced right. it, was right. enthusiast. It's definitely going to appeal towards the younger crowd, boy racer, sharp, angular, sleek, not soft, yeah. and just kind of looks like a dropped pizza. It looks melted. It looks. I, I don't know. I, 
I, I like it from some angles and from other angles, like I say, that the lights suddenly look way too round in Hello Kitty. But I just from some of the angles, I'm like, there it is. Huh. That's getting closer to what I always hoped for. I almost feel like it's got, especially in that three quarter, I almost feel like it's got some a little bit of maybe uh, nine to eight in it. I mean, I like it's got. Yeah, I feel I, can, I know you're gonna can, you're gonna scream sacrilege, yeah. but I feel like there's some Porsche influence in this in this front end from some angles from other angles. I'm like, wait a minute, that picture doesn't work. It's not working for me. So I want to see one. I hope they do that to the U.S. market one just to change it up for nothing else. But hey, guys, I'm going to say it again. <clears throat> Supercharger. Power. Uh, Anything with power. Leave Folks, everything else alone. Heck? Take the and, hood off. And, and it, doesn't need to be, it doesn't need to be 300 horsepower, No, folks. it doesn't. We're not looking for 300 horsepower and 280 pound-feet of torque. We're looking for, like, give it a 40 and 40 bump. And the car would be spectacular. I'm worried for this car. And you car. know they're going to they charge. I, I don't know. I, I think, yeah, it's, I'm it, worried it for it, It feels like too. a marketing anyway. exercise, not... They didn't go ask the guys who invented it. They, it's been passed into the hands of the marketing yeah. people who want to get it out there. The the original guys, yeah. who the, the team who invented it and sketched it up, they would have added more power, betcha. But the marketing people got a hold of it. <laughs> if you're a marketing person, I'm sorry, but it that's what it feels like to me. So. All right. I hear we, you. All right. Well, let's let's do <laughs> some car debate. Let's go on. We haven't done this in forever. We may we may not I know. Be this. this is fun. Uh, we've got uh, we've got Jack writing to us from the East Coast. Very interesting. I love this question. I love this question. Anytime it comes up, Jack is a new driver. He's 16 years old. Yeah, just got his license. Here. He's got about a thirteen thousand dollar budget, and he's going. All right, guys, I want a car, all wheel drive or front wheel drive. He's saying he can't do rear wheel drive. I I don't I don't know that I agree with you there, Jack. Even though you're on the East Coast, I'm going to come back to tires. Hello, <coughs> tires. I already I'm already said it. <laughs> but he he would prefer front wheel drive or all wheel drive. He's got 13 grand to spend, and he's going. All right, guys, what do you think? I love this question. This is fantastic, Jack. Congratulations. Welcome to the world of driving and cars, and a whole boatload of fun. I have a lot of suggestions for you, but before we get into this, Uh-oh. I will say the biggest thing that's on my mind for you is insurance costs because you don't have a track yeah. record. You're a brand yeah. new driver, and mm-hmm. if we start to recommend Absolutely. some really quite interesting, lovely things, it's going to cost you an arm and a leg for insurance. So, true. that said... Well, you can't... Unfortunately, Jack, at this point in his life, cannot go for hot things. No. And most of my recommendations are the lower version of a chassis that's very good. If I could if I, I get Jack into the hot one, I would. I'll give you a perfect example. Ford Focus. Current version Ford Focus. Of course, the ST would be awesome, but first off, 13 grand, you're not going to find one. Secondly, the current body style Ford Focus in the non-hot version oh, I see. is still a really fun car to chuck around. I see. So you're saying a little so, bit newer, but not the, the full hot model, so therefore you save... Save some money, but you yeah. get the newer car with the you, you upgraded get, and, and everything. Yeah, well, I'm mean, hmm. just saying, just make sure you're getting the current body style Ford Focus. We love the ST, but we drove, go back to our review of the lukewarm hatches. We drove the non-hot version. It's still a fun car to chuck around. That one is within the price point, and it's not going to be terrible on insurance, certainly not like buying the hot version, because it's not the hot version. And what Jack needs is something he can drive and learn from, but still, that's my big thing here. Hmm. I want, I want Jack, I want you to drive something fun that you can actually feel what the car is doing. It can teach you to be a better driver, and you you can enjoy driving versus it just being an appliance. Yeah, but I let's can stay out of the that. hot things because you just can't afford it. I can definitely see that. I have lots of lists, but before I name my okay. list, Jack, in the thirteen thousand dollar range, no Chargers, Altimas, Camrys, RX8, Saturns, Subaru, Bajas, BMWs, Porsches, or Mercedes Benzes <laughs> of any kind. <laughs> stay away. Now, right. 
let's get into the list. <laughs> I, <laughs> I have some would, would, would it take less time, for, Paul, for us to list the things you'd like? Because the things you don't like, clearly, it's a long list. <laughs> Here you go. All right. So, again, in the $13,000 range, starting off with the 05 Infiniti G35 Coupe. Yes, it's rear-wheel drive, but as Todd said... That might we might be able to work around that because of tires. Uh, I understand your new driver, but we might be able to do something there. Thirteen grand. That's a lot of car. That's a lot of car. I realize. So I'm I'm. That's a lot. I'm of starting car. big, but I'm coming back off of that. You are. Thought of okay. uh, right. what about that O two O three Honda Prelude? That'd be a fun car to chuck around. Inexpensive to own yeah. and maintain. That'd be a that's a great idea. Great I hadn't car. thought of that. That's a great idea. Yeah, man, that would be such a great fun first car. I don't know. I mean, you haven't said, Jack, if you can go coupe. If there's a size consideration here, but wh- I love that recommendation. Mm. That's a cool. Yeah, one. I could. I could really see that. I mean, it's a Honda. I kind of feel like at some point in everybody's life, you just have to own a Honda to experience really how good they are yeah. in terms of reliability, yeah, yeah. and they're they're they are great cars. Yeah. It, just about every single one of them. Okay, so I thought of an 07 Audi A4 2.0, but hmm. I thought that hmm. still might be a little high in insurance costs. So that got me thinking, what about the A3? An 07 Audi A3, and I went looking for it. I went shopping, okay. 47,000 yeah, yeah. miles for thirteen grand. 2 liter engine. You can get them in front hmm. or all-wheel drive. I think that'd be a really True. useful and fun car. Yes, German, but still new enough that you're not getting into too many maintenance costs at that point. And then I thought about coming back around to Honda with an 08 Honda Accord EX Coupe. Found one with 82,000 miles. Only the Coupe. Okay. Yeah, Coupe. 13 grand. And then I thought of, all right. That could be fun. What about an 05 Acura TSX? Found one with uh, 96,000 right around there for also 13 grand. So... I'm tr- All right, we want to keep this podcast under an hour, I'm Paul. Trying we were- to think of no, you're right. I just I love the question like you do, and I'm trying to really yeah, yeah. dig in here and and try to find something really good that's that fits so many needs because Jack is a, a he's a brand new driver, so he's got a little bit different requirements than you know somebody later in life. So yeah, yeah, really finding well, the sweet it's interesting. spot. Interesting. I mean, I think I- it could be. I think some of these cars could be good. Yeah, I hear that. For me personally, I was trying to keep the cars kind of small because, Jack, my big thing for you is I I want you to get a car that is light enough and communicative enough that you can learn weight shift, you can learn driving, and the car can teach you. You haven't said anything here about automatic versus stick shift. Along this same line, I would much prefer you got into a stick shift. That may not be reality, but I'd much prefer you did because you will learn a lot more that way. Yeah. But I stayed smaller because of that line of thinking, smaller and less powerful, just to try to get that, that learning going and also to keep the insurance cost down. So I already said Ford Focus. Hmm. In that same vein, I would say Mazda 3. Now, that's standard Mazda 3, not the Mazda Speed 3. The standard Mazda 3 is a really worthwhile, chuckable chassis. Any version of that you can find would be worthwhile. Chuckable chassis. Less I like enthusiast. That. There you go. We're going to put that on a shirt. That is a shirt. Or maybe it's a band name. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Chuckable Chassis. Moving on. Uh, so um, also, 
not really an enthusiast car, the Honda Fit, I bring that up for one reason. That is a very usable car. It has a surprising amount of space. It's got good gas mileage. It will run forever. Those are all worthwhile things. It's an affordable car for a first-time driver. Is it an enthusiast car? Not necessarily. However, that car does have a great six-speed. So if you wanted to get a six-speed and learn a six-speed, have a usable car that's inexpensive, I would look at the Honda Fit. I I wouldn't say, hey, an enthusiast car, but in six-speed, it's got a great transmission in it. Also thought about, what about a Hyundai Veloster? Yeah. Have these dropped enough? Uh, I didn't go searching for them, but I want to think they have. I, I mean... I, I suspect they probably have. I mean, I, I don't know what the insurance is going to be on those. I mean, I know, for example, Jack, somebody your age, it's going to be hard to get into a Honda Civic because so many kids get Honda Civics and wreck them that the insurance cost is higher than you think. Right, but, right. But uh, the Hyundai Veloster may have dodged that bullet. I would certainly look at that. Uh, if you can get the stick shift on any of these, it's better. And then my wild card for you, Jack, is, I have to say it, the Mazda MX-5. I, I don't know it. if your parents would do that. I don't know if your parents would do that. But look, they're cheap to buy. They're cheap to maintain. And that is a car that will teach you how to drive and make you a better driver. If you could go that route, I think an MX-5 is a great first car. I know mm. that's a bit out there. I know that's a bit you know living on the ragged edge for a lot of parents, but sure. I'm putting it out there anyway. I like your suggestions. I like your approach in terms of newer car, but less power and you know not the hot version. Jack, we've thrown a ton of ideas at you, but whatever you decide, I love Todd's suggestion about now. Learn stick shift and practice it now, early mm-hmm. in life. That is yeah. a skill to have for the rest of your life. Do it now. Start out with a stick shift car. I did not. I my second car was a stick <laughs> yeah. shift, but yeah. I was you know it was still early. I think I was nineteen, twenty, somewhere in there. So, I, yeah, I I like the idea of getting into a stick shift car and learning the dynamics of driving without the the. It's not a distraction, but you you get bored if you have an automatic because you can mm-hmm. you know have mm-hmm. your coffee and your phone and everything else. But you're really going to experience the engagement of driving and learn it early on. So that's a yeah. great. It suggestion. forces you to be more involved. And, yeah. and and for Jack, I think for any new driver, I think that's really key. So yeah. we've been all over the map, Jack. But hopefully, some of that is helpful. And uh, let us know how your looking goes because again, the insurance is the wild card thing here. Right. And and you know that's the real thing. As you start to look into it, cars instantly. Will fall off your list because you're going to look at the insurance cost you or your parents and go oh no can't do that <laughs> right one. so uh yeah let us know where you go we should probably move on to ian ian did not say where he's writing in from but uh he's he's got an interesting uh, series of comments here he started off he used to have an old uh you'll appreciate this paul the 04 audi a4 oh, yeah. that he loved until a hundred thousand miles when as he described it everything broke at once so huh. he got out of that into a four-cylinder uh, Ford Fusion, I sold which mine before has it hit been reliable but boring. You know that? Say again? I sold mine before it hit 100K, 100,000 miles. Yeah. I'm just well, realizing I mean, that. So maybe that the, was a good thing? That's, I don't know. That's the dice roll of German cars. I hate to say it, but that's the dice roll of German cars. You get above 80 grand, and you may be fine, or they can be money pits. It just it yeah. happens. So uh, yeah, I hate to say it. So anyway, so he's got this Ford Fusion now, which he likes, but it's painfully slow. So he's hoping for something that gets him excited like the old A4 without the reliability issues. 
and he's listed things he doesn't want, which I think is great. He said no WRX or Evo. <laughs> he doesn't want the image of driving those cars, and he wants faster than the BRZ FRS. So he's already taken out the obvious contenders. Yes. And then I have to say this. I have to say this, Paul. Did you notice this? His his idea of what he likes. <laughs> yeah, I noticed. Is the Jaguar XK or the Maserati Quattroporte? I noticed. I'm going to tell you right now, Ian. Do not get a Quattroporte. <laughs> the reason they're so cheap, you can only spend twenty five grand. The reason they're so cheap is because they do not keep running. You thought the Audi was a reliability problem. <laughs> Do not get yourself a Quattroporte. Ian's budget is a bit more. His budget is twenty-five to thirty grand. And yes, I like the idea of the Jag and the Maserati, but unless you have an additional twenty-five k sitting around to pour into maintenance for both of those cars, <laughs> don't buy them. Do not run yeah. away. Yeah, the yeah. Maserati sound great when they're pulling away. They had that uh-huh. deri- the Ferrari derived V eight in the front. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, they're great. Let somebody else have that as a money pit. Yeah, I not unless they're under warranty yeah, for agreed. either of those cars. But, but that's the thing. The reason those cars have dropped so much, they depreciate so fast, is because the ones you can afford, you don't want. <laughs> they are wickedly unreliable, and that's why they're so cheap to buy. So, yeah, that's the thing. Plus, I have to go on my rant real quick. All right. What other... What other language or automaker than an Italian automaker could get away with calling a car the four-door? <laughs> this is a great rant. New from Chevrolet, the four-door. Or, you know what? I'll go another one. New from Lincoln, the four-door. It is true. They would be they would be laughed out of the car industry if they released a car called the four-door. And here is Maserati, Maserati with the quadruporte, and they get away with it because it's Italian. It's because that you say it from laugh. the heart, quadruporte. It sounds so I lovely. Know, I get it, but it's a four-door. Moving on. So yeah. So so what? But what that tells me here, Ian, is that you want something that's got some kind of more GT car cruiser four-door feel about it, which definitely colors my recommendations for you. Hmm. I've got a laundry list of here of ideas. Nothing's You're a laundry list guy today. I guess That's I crazy. am. So what, what do you have? What do you I've have? got a few specifics, but mostly brands for you to consider. A lot because, okay. uh, Ian, they're going to fall in your price range, and they're also going to be far more reliable. I know you're getting graduating with a degree in mechanical engineering, but you're not going to want to spend your time re-engineering and re-maintaining your car. So, yeah, serious. Uh, I'm thinking... In terms of Japanese, Lexus and Infiniti and Mazda and Acura. Mm-hmm. And also, I want to suggest the Volvo S60R. Those have really come down in price. They're fun. Hmm. You can get them for a great price. Yeah. And then something Volkswagen-ish. I'm not sure what in there. Maybe a GTI, maybe a CC. Those are... Yeah. Pretty classy because this Jag XK or Maserati Quattroporti suggestion from him suggests to me something with class and style, not in addition to fun to drive, but a little bit more yeah. cachet. He wants to in- just a little bit. It's a little more, yeah, it's a little more of a you GT know what I mean? car. Yeah, it's kind GT of a car. GT car. I get that. So, yeah, I you know, that. G37 Coupe I or TL or TSX, somewhere in there could be great for you. Yeah. I stayed away from German brands because of his Audi experience. Yeah. I just avoided German brands completely. Yeah, I hear uh, that. Interesting you brought up the Infinity because I have the G37 on my list. Do you? I think Coupe, if you, Coupe, if you can, uh, obviously the G37 four-door, if you can't, I, I think that is a car that it's got to run for a while. It's got, good, it's got a really good engine in it. Um, it has some of the some of the benefits of a Beamer. It is rear-wheel drive, which is going to provide you with that fun. Right. But it, it theoretically is going to dodge the German luxury car maintenance bullet. And in that same vein, and, and for thirty grand, you may be able to do this. 
I have the current Lexus IS 350 down. Buy a used one. I don't know that like you're going to get the full 2013, blood 2014, somewhere in there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that you're going to get the full uh, bore F-Sport. But yeah. honestly, that is a car. I, I, here I am honestly recommending a Lexus to you because that is a car that if you can get the current body style, it is a surprisingly interesting car. It's interesting to look at. I, I have to say the styling has grown on me even though I don't love it. But we liked just about everything about that car. Yeah, it's we not do. spectacular anywhere, but it's really solid everywhere. And that is a car that I think would genuinely surprise you. And, and Lexus does have this reputation. That car is probably going to run forever. Yeah. So I think that's a real consideration. Interesting. I had the IS350 on my list, too. And then I'm thinking mm-hmm. something from Acura. Acuras could be great. They are a bit bland in the styling department, but they're going to be – that trade-off is the reliability. I, I'm – yeah, anything from Lexus, Infiniti, well, Acura – Somewhere in that range, because as Todd was saying, that G37 Coupe from Infinity, it's going to give you that feel, more of the German car mm-hmm. kind of luxury and gadgets and, you know, that nice driving experience. Um, it's going to give that feel, but it's going to be combined with Japanese reliability, a lot of power. Yeah. That engine, especially that G37 Coupe, that's a mm-hmm. really great engine great dynamics yeah for it's that like car. 300 and something horsepower yeah. it's, it's a it's a good car for sure yeah yeah no question i'm really leaning and, that and direction for you ian yeah i think that that's a cool recommendation I, I do like the the current lexus which is craziness about the acura i will say this you say the styling is bland <clears throat> no i'm sorry but the current tl which is a great car to drive and is a really great car for the money is just ugly <laughs> that that chrome beak on the yeah, front that shield right. thing I, i'm with you if you look at the if you look at the 03 to 08 TL, one of the most gorgeous, simple sedan stylings ever, and then they ruined it with the Beak styling. It actually became a little bit better car to drive and a far worse car to look at. So The generation I, of TL know, that you're talking T- about is great. I really like that. You could, oh, you yeah. could definitely it's go awesome. for that. That'd be interesting. Yeah, you could. I mean, that's going to be even cheaper, and it's obviously even older. Mm-hmm. That TL is great. And the current TL, honestly, is a good car to drive and a lot of tech. It's a great car for the money. It's just not an attractive car. So, I mean, maybe if you like it, then great. And then I had a wild card on here, and I thought, just again, staying away from the Germans, what about a Pontiac G8? Okay, that's interesting. That's very I mean, you've interesting. Got, you've got the... It's in the world of the power and the attitude of the Quattroporte. Good suggestion. I like that. I'm not equating a G8 with a Quattroporte. I realize these are very different cars. That's the GM four-door right there. That's it. Exactly. There you go. It's the Chevrolet (laughs) four-door. We've got the Pontiac four-door. That's exactly what we're talking about. But, you know, it's got got some attitude, which obviously the Quattroporte has. It's got some attitude. It's a big four-door. It actually has some, some agility. It's an interesting car. But underneath, it's a Chevy. Okay, you can still find parts for it. It's not going to be, I mean, the, the hardest part of that car, replacement-wise, is going to be body panels. So just don't wreck it right, and you'll be fine. Right. You could get a G8. Hmm, I really like that. Ian, I was at a car show, saw a guy with uh, one of the early Maserati Quattroportes. Really good-looking car. Walked up to him, just mm-hmm. talking to him about it. You know, hey, so how's the maintenance? Because, you know, we were curious. Because <laughs> that's the question. He actually admitted he had to have a brake job. And it cost him twenty five hundred dollars because they require the discs to be replaced. 
So therefore, I hope that we have shotgunned that pigeon at point-blank range and killed that idea for you (laughs) so thoroughly. We love the idea. It sounds great, but in idea only. Hopefully, these suggestions are going to provide you a lot better reliability and more of a fun car ownership experience. So anyway, you've got a lot of ideas there, so we should keep rocking to Mm -hmm. Brad. He is in Mm -hmm. Atlanta. Atlanta. Um, Yeah, also East Coast. What I like about... What I like about Brad's suggestion here or comment here is he currently is driving a 2000 Toyota Tundra, which he wants to get out of, but claims it is refusing to die at nearly a quarter million miles. <laughs> and he drives about 40,000 miles a year. My favorite thing, honestly, Brad, about your list of requirements for your next vehicle is not a truck, <laughs> which I think is hysterical. So not a truck wants to get something used at under 30 grand. And he wants rear wheel or all wheel drives. He's avoiding front wheel drives, even though he's breaking his own rule and going, "What about the Fiesta ST?" Mm. So manual or automatic <laughs> doesn't matter. So 100,000 miles or less. He's 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 got a good range here. There's so many cars that are a possibility here. He does all kinds of driving, but the most interesting and I think possibly most difficult requirement for Brad is he wants a car that may get as many miles as this Tundra. So we're talking about a car that's probably going to do 200,000 miles in the course of him owning it. So he doesn't want to get something that's going to be a money pit after 60,000. Sure, right. This is this is a different request here, and I really like this. Mm-hmm. Brad, didn't you know that Toyotas run in spite of you? I mean, you could drain the oil out of the engine. Absolutely. It'll run another 100,000 miles, and it won't care, and it won't break. <laughs> and you'll <laughs> try to find a way to get rid of it, and it'll reappear in your driveway. No, I'm just kidding. Um... I really like this because here's the thing with Brad. He drives about 40,000 miles a year, and he says that his company will pay for his fuel, and also he's not concerned Mm -hmm. about maintenance costs as long as he can expect the vehicle to last as long as he needs. Now, this is different. if, if, If he doesn't have to pay for the maintenance... Uh, you know, if, this if, opens the door. You realize does does the company pay the maintenance? I will say this: if he's got here's my here's my joke request, Brad. And yes, I'm stepping on the joke here, but uh, you know, if your company's going to pay for the maintenance, you should get a quadruporte. But anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but the world's I've got, I've highest mileage quadruporte. <laughs> exactly. Wow. Uh, and and you did you did on your own list. You you said what about the Porsche Cayman? Could I be a guy with a 200,000 mile Porsche Cayman? Yes. You could if you want to keep throwing money at it. The, the the thing about Porsches, I will say this real quick, even though we've kind of already said that a lot of German cars you just start spending a lot of money on them. The thing about a Porsche though, I will say this in general and again, I'm not the Porsche fan that Paul is. Porsches require specific and can be expensive maintenance. If something needs to be replaced, you need to go get it replaced. They're thoroughbreds. It's, that's true of all German cars. But what's yes. interesting about a Porsche, if you do maintain them and you do drive them regularly, they can go hundreds of thousands of miles. Oh, yes. It's just any time you are replacing something, it's going to be wickedly expensive. That doesn't mean it's going to break a lot, but when you need to replace something, Get out your wallet and brace yourself. Well, so you could do a Cayman, I think, but I but you're going to have to just be braced for what that might cost to keep it running. Yeah, I, well, I think the same could be said of just about all the German manufacturers because I've seen a lot of BMWs Maybe. and Mercedes with really high mileage. They're in top shape, but you know those yeah. owners have poured money into them to maintain them. So if that's true, Brad, yeah. if that is indeed true that you can – you're not too concerned about the maintenance as long as the vehicle will last. Those German cars will last. They will if you maintain yeah. them. You throw money Absolutely. at them. Absolutely. Yeah. So this has got thing. me thinking totally differently. This is the other end from huh. what we've just been talking about. And you wonder, where do those yeah. really beautiful German luxury cars go to die? Well, to their <laughs> third owner, I guess. <laughs> 
it's to yeah, guys yeah, yeah. like Brad. And here's here's my car, Brad. This is this is what I'm thinking. Uh oh. Two thousand seven, Audi S8 with sixty four thousand miles for twenty eight grand. What do you say? That is a sweet yeah. ride. That's a that's a that's a gorgeous car. It's yes, gorgeous it will cost car. a lot of money know. to maintain, but it will run yeah, for a long time. I mean, honestly, if you were going to go that route, I would just say just go full baller with it and go Phaeton. But Phaeton, uh, Phaeton, but yeah. I take your point. The 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 S the the S8 from that era would be a gorgeous car to drive. It would be the opposite end of the spectrum from your Toyota Tundra. I I do worry a little bit about maintenance cost on something like that, but it is a very interesting suggestion. I, I just, think you'd love that car, Brad. I've it's just, not an agile car, but it is a it's it's a it's a German rocket ship. I think you would enjoy. I'm it. just thinking because of all the miles, and you know, I'm thinking comfort and traffic yeah. and yeah. stop and go. It's you know, his requirements seem a little bit different than just more of a high strung turbocharged fun car. It's well, yeah. I mean, he's, he's listed got an LS430 in here as a suggestion. Yeah, his his personal wild card was the LS430 if he wanted to get a comfort yeah. cruiser. And I agree with you. If you're going to go that route, why not look at the big German boats that have dropped off a cliff for depreciation and get one of those and enjoy, enjoy. yourself? Enjoy. Yeah, the S8 is the top Everything. of that list. I do take your point there. Here's what I found interesting, though. He lists the Fiesta ST and doesn't know about the long-term reliability. Well, none of us do because nobody's driven one of those a quarter <laughs> million miles yet. Been around long But enough. it would sure sure be fun. And that's your one exception to your rear-wheel drive, all-wheel drive rule. But he's asking about Mustangs and Corvettes and Cadillac mm-hmm. CTSVs. Don't do that at this price point. Don't do that. But <laughs> yeah. I will say it made me think of two things. One was the Honda S2000. Now, he's asked about it, and he said, would it punish me? I, You know what? It depends on the driving you're doing. I think the punishment wouldn't be, be the ride. I think the punishment would be, can you handle the fact that it's a convertible? It's just a loud, small place to be. You've been, been in a big yeah. truck. This is going to be a loud, small place to be. It will be reliable, and it will be fun in anything you do. I think the S2000 is an interesting thought. I don't know that it's the right thought, but it's interesting. And I have one other idea I like even better. Okay. I'm curious. I think thirty grand. Okay, you want it to run a long time. He's coming out of a truck, so his expectations on like you know what is the interior and all that kind of stuff aren't hugely high. I think the answer here is Corvette C6, like an '09 Corvette C6. Really? You can get it for this kind of money. Huh. You can. It, it's a big LS motor. It's going to keep running. That thing it's will be reliable. Running and running actually, and running. that Chevy motor exactly. will be reliable. And and though that C6 generation, the interior isn't great, you know what? It's a perfectly good car to cruise in. You could go cross-country in that car. It's got a surprising amount of usable trunk space in that hatch. It will be reliable. If you get yourself on a back road or a long freeway blast, you're going to have fun. And it's not going to be hateful in traffic because you're going to feel a little bit comfortable. I think it's a C6. Brad, if you get a C6, you're going to have to promise me that you will not drive it 60 miles an hour in the third lane. You will drive at 90 in the first lane, all right? That's our little pack between you and I. <laughs> there you You're go. You're not going to be the key old thing. guy driving 60 in the third lane. You're just not. That's just every C6. Yeah. I go, hey, that's a cool <sighs> <sighs> and, and when I say C6, I don't mean get a Z06 and punish yourself. No. And I don't think you get one for 30 grand anyway. But I say get get the most loaded C6 you can and enjoy it. I think that car would run forever. The parts will be cheap. And I think... The thing that's about the Corvettes people don't realize is they are, su- they are surprisingly usable. That's the thing about them. 
Yeah, they are. I I like that idea. I like it better than the C5 Corvette that Brad's got here on his list. Yeah. Don't do don't do C5. You can go C6 with your amount of money and you can get low miles. I actually looked. You can get under 30 grand. You can find C6s that have still got under 30,000 miles. Hmm. So that'd be that car nearly is brand still, new for that kind of money. You know it's that? It's young and it's going to run a long time. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. As long as you remember our deal, Brad. Just remember that, all right? <laughs> See, I Okay, so show, I, show Can we wrap this well, I, I like. I, I've got a few more suggestions here for Brad. Just just okay. before we we let him go, I I like okay. that you've gone sports car. My thought in going full commute, I've my brain ran to four door sedans, and so I was thinking okay. like, sure. yeah, the BMWs and the Mercedes, they're going to be expensive to maintain long term, but they're going to be, be really enjoyable long term. So I was yeah, thinking I five you. series, three series, and I thought. What about a really high mileage M3 coupe? You get that lovely V8, and that's mm-hmm. a comfortable car. It's a great balance between sport and, you know, freeway comfort and cruising. Same with the AMG cars from Mercedes. Yes, they're going to be high maintained costs. Yes, agreed. But yeah. they're going to be enjoyable cars, boatloads of power, fast, fun, delightful cars to commute in. So. Yeah, I'm going I'm more German. About the, the reliability. I, I am, but I think the reliability there is a real question. I'm, I'm there. taking I, this I, to no, heart. Honestly, if you're gonna, if you're if you're going to if you're going to think uh, German cars and go BMW, I have to bring up the E90 generation uh, 335iS that we drove. That yeah. was the turbo below the M3. If you can find one of those, and I don't honestly know if you can get one of those for thirty, I'd have to look it up. I may be I don't know. completely off base. That's by interesting. Even it I up. like the thought though. But, but those. But here's the thing: even even a hotter version of the standard uh, three thirty five, um, you would probably really enjoy that. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be as sure. crazy to maintain or even buy as the M three. That might be a nice. I mean, you've got to consider that world because, of course, they're out there. So it's GM or BMW. Is that what we've settled on? <laughs> <laughs> I think C six. I think C six would be a fantastic car you'd enjoy could for a be. long time. But that's just my my be. take on it. We should probably wrap up. All right, up. let's let's wrap up. Just remember, thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in here. But go watch our videos. We've got a lot of the cars that Please. we suggest. Please. Todd and I have driven these cars, and we've got a lot of plans for 2015 here. We're really ramping up mm-hmm. uh, content and having fun discussing what comparisons we're going to be doing. So check us out on YouTube for all Some of the latest stuff. videos. And we've got sights and sounds pieces released of various cars the following week. So we've got a lot of fun stuff coming up. Check us out there. Yeah, you, you can watch our cars both ways. You can watch us review them, and hopefully you'll enjoy that. If you really wish we would just shut up and let you hear the car, <laughs> we do that too. <laughs> so there are options. So definitely join exactly. us at YouTube. You can also find us on our own website, which, of course, is everydaydriver.com. If you're looking for us, it's just wherever you are, Everyday Driver, be that uh, Facebook, be that Twitter. Yeah. Yep. Send us in your car debates. Send us in your questions. You want us to talk about something that is not just, hey, I'm buying a car. Obviously, we just got out of a series on that. We welcome those questions as well. Let's talk about cars. Let's talk about the industry. We're here to talk about the things that interest you guys. Plus, we're here to help you find a great car. So thank you for listening. Yeah, thank you so much. Check out our, our films, uh, 50 Years in the 911 and Mid-Engines and Mountains, both on Blu-ray mm-hmm. and Vimeo On Demand. So check those out and uh, support us on Patreon as well. Thanks for listening. Really appreciate it. Talk to you soon.